You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Yes, there they are, everybody. The Victory Horns, and they sound for Song Yedong. The 26-year-old gets it done, sweeps the scorecards. I'm trying to find the right word to describe the main event. It wasn't thrilling, but Song showed some well-roundedness. He won the fight. He won the fight. Two wins in a row. Called Peter Yan, who yawned throughout the fight. We saw the tweet on the broadcast for about 90 seconds as Song was making his his post-fight victory speech, but Paul Felder brought it up. He wants the fight, and we'll see what happens. But not only did that happen, Khalil Roundtree with a big knockout against Anthony Smith in round three, and then he calls out Alex Pereira. He calls out the brand-new UFC light heavyweight champion, and there's a lot of talk about whether or not Anthony Smith could earn a title shot with the win, and Khalil Roundtree heard all that noise and said, well, he didn't win, I did. So maybe I should get the title shot. Let's give the fans something they could be excited about. And you know what? He did the thing. And that's all we ask, that you go out there and do the thing. And he certainly did the thing. And we're going to do this thing right now. Welcome to the UFC Vegas 83 post-fight show. I am Mike Heck, being joined by a very special guest. Always an honor, because it doesn't happen all that often to be joined by the great New York Rick for a post-fight show. There he is. How we doing, New York Rick? I'm great, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, the fight just ended. The card just ended. This was it probably lived up to the expectations that w- that we saw on paper. There were some fun fights, some good performances. The main event, it was a win for Song Yudong. It's not one we're going to go back and rewatch, but goes out there and sweeps the scorecards against a pretty tough guy. And Chris Gutierrez took some big shots. He's very tricky on the feet. Song was missing a lot wasn't really to get a get a lot going on the feet he was landing the more damaging shots to win the first couple of rounds and he said you know what i'm just gonna take you down and put you on your back and boy was chris gutierrez on his back for a long time in this one your reaction to song yudong's main event victory here yeah did what he needed to do um against a guy who in gutierrez i think probably isn't going to get enough credit for how tough he is and how many problems he can give people um, especially with his kicks. 
the line felt a little bit odd to me. Now, in hindsight, winning 50-45 essentially across the board with 150-44 mixed in there, like maybe the line was right. But I think Gutierrez is one of those guys that's like hard to look really, really impressive against. Um, and I came away thinking like Song Yudong did what he needed to do here and is a well-rounded mixed martial artist and is going to give a lot of people the kind of problems that he gave Chris Gutierrez to Gutierrez tonight and Chris Gutierrez is going to give a lot of people the problems that he gave Song Yudong here tonight so I don't know if I learned much of anything new uh, but it played out similarly to kind of how I thought it might so it's kind of a weird question to ask when a guy wins 50-45 on two cards and 50-44 on another what's your biggest takeaway is it on the song side or was it on the Gutierrez side because Things got a little weird in, in there. Herb Dean was talking about putting the fingers in the gloves, gives, gives him a stern warning. Gutierrez was pissed about that. And then when the round ends, he's even more frustrated. There's a heckler getting in Gutierrez's head. He's getting pissed about that. And then it just seemed like after round two, he was just cooked. Like mentally, he was just donezo. And then comes out in round five and tries an Iminari roll. I mean, you say go for broke when you're down four rounds, but – Jed on Twitter called it the actual worst punt of the MMA year, and he compares it to Chill's spinning back fist and Chris Weidman's wheel kick against Luke Rockhold when he lost the title. I don't know if I would go that okay, far. Well, we're not going there. I mean, those are, those yeah, are like catastrophic errors. This didn't result in any like you know crazy change of fortunes. This was just useless, useless. He was out of options at that point. My, my takeaway is not on the Gutierrez side, uh, although it is interesting to think about like he kind of did mentally break here. Like there was a lot of um, attention being paid to things that you don't need to be paying attention to in the middle of a fight against a, a top ranked contender. Um, but my takeaway is more on the on the Song Yudong side to say that like, yeah, this guy is an elite talent. This guy is a very well-rounded mixed martial artist. This guy is ready for the Peter Yan type fight that I want to see him take. Um, and yeah, uh, th th this felt to me like, okay, here's the stepping stone. Now we get the fights we really want. And um, yeah, I'm ready for it. And, and he's ready for it in my opinion. So after UFC Austin and after Davidson Figueredo beat Rob Fawn, I mean, Twitter was just all over a possible Davidson Figueredo versus Peter Jan fight. That was the popular pick from everybody. It was my pick on to the next one. I believe it was AK's as well. But Song Yidong wanted the Peter Jan fight. This was presented to him when that card was going to be in Shanghai. That fight yeah. was never really a thing. I know it was reported as a thing, but it was never really a thing. It was like briefly discussed but there were never contracts sent there were no like official offers submitted from what i'm told in terms of getting that on both sides of the table but what do we think here i mean look bantamweight's great you throw figurato in there that's fun that's a fun little mix to figurato song Yudong would be super fun too but if you had your choice would you do figurato versus john or would you do song versus john I don't really have a preference, to be honest. Like either of those is is fine by me. I think it's time um, for him to be in that echelon of of contenders. So yeah, I, I don't gun to my head, it, uh, Figgy and and Jan, just because I think those are bigger names and gonna put on a, a great show. Uh, but I'm not mad at any of them, to be honest. And you you even mentioned um, Figueroa versus Song Yudong. I'm in for that too. Like bantamweight yeah. is fun right now. There's lots of good permutations of this uh this top of the um division that you can make and i'm in for all of them 
but yeah, it feels like it feels like Figgy and Jan has a lot of the public support and public sentiment at the moment. So you probably keep that one intact. But then what do you do with Song Yudong? Um, so yeah, uh, they'll figure that out. But uh, no, no bad options here at the top of Bantamweight, and and it's nice. It'll start finally moving, and now we'll have some some traction, and hopefully Marab Devalishvili gets a fight. Uh, we'll see what happens from here. Yeah. I, I- Maybe they do him in Cejudo. I think that makes a lot of sense considering yeah. O'Malley and, and Vera are about to fight. And look, if they do Song versus Jan or they do Figueredo versus Jan, the consolation prize, it's a step back in terms of rankings, but in terms of name power, a little consolation prize could be Dominic Cruz. Song Yudong versus Dominic Cruz, at little alpha male versus Cruz action. Mm-hmm. I know they've mended fences a little bit, but that would still be kind of fun. And then Figueredo versus Cruz would be fun as well. So like you said, Bantamweight is deep. It is fun. And we'll see what happens. But usually the main event is the story. I think the story is Khalil Roundtree here in New York, Rick. What a performance against Anthony Smith. And look, not all 2018s are created the same. The first round with Anthony Smith was pretty damn close, I thought. I gave it to Roundtree, but it was close round. Second round was still close. I think Roundtree just landed the more damaging shots, and then he just put Anthony Smith away. What a crazy knockout, man. Lands that short little counter uppercut and then lands that left hand. And Smith was just doing the stanky leg and he goes down and Khalil Roundtree just being the martial artist, the human being that he is, just stood over Anthony, let Mark Smith come in and stop it, gets the win and then he gets the microphone and he calls out Alex Pereira in in the most Khalil Roundtree way possible. And I have to say, this was good stuff. This is really good stuff. He did the thing, New York Rick. How do you grade Khalil Roundtree's performance in the fight and then on the microphone after the fight yeah he aced it this is an a plus um as far as the performance goes i think you're right like the rounds were close and i think there was a little bit of concern heading into this right i think a lot of the sentiment was like oh this is going to be rough anthony smith's coming in on short notice and khalil roundtree is just going to mark him and to be honest like the first two rounds while it did seem like khalil's kind of waiting for that moment to to land that shot that was going to take him out they were close and Anthony Smith was competitive. There's no other way to describe that. It was not, you know, this one-sided drubbing. Now, granted, when when Khalil was landing, landing shots, you could see the difference in the damage that it was doing. And when Anthony was landing shots, you could see the difference in the damage it was doing. He was not affecting Khalil in that way. But the rounds were close. And then round three inevitably happened and he landed that shot that he needed and uh, then held back the last shot that he didn't need. Um, so shout out to Khalil Roundtree, who seems to be kind of a solid dude is, is probably the easiest way to describe it uh, from the call out, the not holding the shot and the way he's kind of uh, an open wound at times and, and speaking emotionally um and then the call out itself yeah i'm in i'm in on the idea of khalil roundtree finally putting it all together i think this is five in a row but correct me if i'm wrong i think this is five in a row um and is on the path to the title you know one more maybe um and you could be in there this division is not very deep and it's kind of yearning for somebody who make like the, the easiest way to f- figure this out and and see what i'm about to say is that alex Pereira was the one who got the title shot and what i'm gonna say is this division is yearning for some new names and people who could knock people out and this is what you're getting with khalil roundtree um and already have now with alex Pereira. the division has needed that for a long time and he's here and I think he's one away. If Would I be surprised if they even threw him into a title shot now? I really wouldn't. I mean, I, th- I think there's plenty of opportunities where we've seen next man up. And I think Khalil Roundtree would be ready for that opportunity, as he said. Uh, so I would be I, I would be 
Not shocked if it was next. I don't expect it to be next. Uh, and if it's not next, I think he's one away at most. Timing could be on his side here, New York, Rick. If, yeah. if Alex Pereira is like, I want to fight in April, and I know we have the big one coming up, the rematch between uh, Magomed Ankalaev and Johnny Walker on January 13th, you have to think probably by then we're going to know what's somewhat going on at UFC 300. So maybe yeah. they put that fight together. I don't know. Um, not having the Rakic-Jan Bohovic fight in January kind of hurts, and it looks like him and Yuri might go, but now we're, they're talking maybe March, February, and even then it might be a little bit too late for one of those two guys to turn around. So who knows? You can't – like I want to see Alex Pereira fight Jamal Hill. I really want to see that yeah. fight. But you can't bench Alex Pereira until the summer at the earliest. You just can't do it. So maybe he sneaks in there, New York Rick. Yeah, I mean, as we've seen, like UFC title shots are just timing at this point. Like it, it, it's next man up. And I think Khalil Roundtree is somebody who's ready to be next man up. And the rest of the division needs to sort itself out. Like Rakic is in there. Jan Blachowicz is in there. Uh, you mentioned a fight that needs to play out. There's lots of guys who kind of need, you know, kind of need to see where they fall. Um, and in the meantime, Hey, you could do worse than throwing Khalil Roundtree in there. The problem that I would foresee is that's not a headliner in my opinion, right? Khalil Roundtree has been doing his work, but he's been doing it on co-main events of an apex card, right? Like this is the biggest spot he's been in and it's the co-main event of, a, of an apex card. So he's not been exposed to the audience in a way that I think people are going to say, I'm plopping down my money on pay-per-view. The highlight reel is one thing, but he needs a little a little more seasoning, a little more time in the in the uh, oven, in my opinion. So that's the problem. Now, if you're getting, if if you're thinking it's UFC 300, and maybe that can be um, a co-main underneath something, or maybe there's another opportunity for that to be co-main underneath a, a big heavyweight fight, then I think that it's it's viable. But I, I think it would be very hard to make this the main event of a pay per view. So I think he's one away, in my opinion. Yeah, even if you do Connor Chandler, you, like you think Alex Pereira would complain if he's the co-main event to a Connor exactly. Chandler fight? I think he'd be I like, mean, "Yeah, I'll do that." That's a perfect situation, right? Connor's headlining UFC 300. They can throw a light heavyweight title. Hey, like fans, this one's for you guys. This one's the fun fight that is going to be an absolute war between two dudes who just murk people. Like that is what they do. They go in there and they hurt people badly. You can sell that as a co-main. I don't think you can sell that as the main just because of the name value. But yeah. one more win over a top guy at light heavyweight, all of a sudden Khalil Roundtree has that momentum that he needed. And not again, not dissimilar to the path Alex Pereira has taken in this. Like He's doing his work with his fists. He, he doesn't need to hop on the mic and, and do much. Uh, the rivalry with Izzy obviously expedited that. Uh, but I think Khalil Roundtree is building enough of a highlight reel that like one more and you can really say this guy's coming. I'll tell you what. If I'm Khalil Roundtree, I'm rooting for Magomed and Goliath to beat Johnny Walker and do it in the most boring way possible. And then maybe he gets in there because there's just nobody else that people would even want to see at this point. So we shall see what happens. Uh, we do have bonuses. Uh, no fight of the night. We have four performance bonuses. I don't think it's going to be of a surprise to anybody. Uh, Tim Elliott. Yeah. Nazareth Hackprast. Uh, Hyunsung Park. And... Khalil Roundtree get bonuses. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, four finishes, four bonuses, 50K. Enjoy. Nicely done. Nicely done. Uh, 
good performance from Nazar at Hackbrass with the the hockey punches on Jamie Malarkey. That was nice. We haven't seen Hackbrass go out there and get finishes like that. It's coming off that kind of crazy fight against uh, Quinones in his last fight. Uh, that was really, really fun. Tim Elliott on short notice with the arm triangle put Sumaderji to sleep. And how about Andre Muniz, New York Rick? Kind of a weird one. The Iron Turtle, uh, I, I know he's a chat favorite in the <laughs> hour chat. I mean, turtle emojis everywhere. Close fight. I kind of thought Jun Young Park might have snuck it out there, but Andre Muniz back on track. He needed that one so bad. Uh, as far as someone who like desperately needed to get back in the win column, Andre Muniz probably at the top of that list, was he not? He needed to get back in the win column, but I also think he needed to be a little more impressive. Like this was a guy that was being talked about as one of the top prospects. Like, wow, this guy's coming through and is going to be a middleweight contender. And he's just not been impressive. Like this was not a great performance. Um, He did what he needed to do here. Uh, I thought, I thought the iron turtle won the fight. I thought he won rounds one and three. Um, So yeah, I I don't know. Uh, This, this is not what you need. If you're Andre Muniz. Yeah, certainly you need to get a win. You're, You're right to that extent, but I thought you needed to do a little more impressively to really like establish yourself. He he's it feels to me like he's on the outside and he's going to be forgotten in this middleweight division. And then I'm looking down the rest of the card. Like Steve Garcia's knockout was nasty. No no yeah. bonus for him. Tetsuro Tyra just doing Tetsuro Tyra things, but this time with the hands, he doesn't get a bonus either. Maybe it's just because he was such a big favorite. But Hyunsung Hyun Park was the biggest favorite on the card. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe some back some backdoor bonuses being done. But Tatsura Tyra, man, this guy is super good. I know there's a, a lot of hype and talk about Muhammad Makhayev, and Tatsura Tyra did call him out. And I remember when I interviewed Tyra before his UFC debut, he said he wants that fight. And boy, oh boy, am I excited. Maybe 2025, 2026, we get a Tatsura Tyra versus Muhammad Makhayev possibly flyweight title fight new york rick flyweight the division that was on life support at one point we thought we were just gonna dump it all together all of a sudden super fun always delivers and now we have two two of the best prospects of the sport in this division right now there's a lot to like at 125 right now yeah i'm, I'm in total agreement uh makai took to to x uh during the fight night and said if uh, Alex Perez falls out he's taking the fight he's not gonna he's not gonna sit on the ranking he'll take uh the Tatsuro Tyra fight so shout out to him for being awesome and and game in that regard um all the stuff I said about uh Andre Muniz being like this uber prospect and then kind of like not living up to the hype Tyra is the opposite of that like every single time he's out there um he impresses me more and more uh, his opponents just look like they have no answers for the kind of pressure and um, like suffocation that he brings. Uh, and yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where he goes. Obviously, we need to start seeing the escalation of uh, opponents of of tougher competition. But he's passing these tests with flying colors, and yeah, he's he's an absolute stud, man. Like you can see it in the style. Like he's just he's just a finisher. Absolutely. Kevin Justed gets a win. Uh, Luana Santos, big weight miss, but she gets a win over Stephanie Egger. And congratulations to Talita Alencar with a split decision win, although I didn't really love the the scoring yeah. of that one against uh, Hyann Amanda, but it is what it is. Talita Alencar remains undefeated, 5-0-1. It's a good win right there against a former Invicta champ. So that uh, that's UFC Vegas 83. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. 
Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Normally, we don't go into listener questions that this quickly, but I kind of think we just should because there's not, there's just not a lot of like fallout storyline wise. Yeah. Really? Uh, so we'll bring Casey in. I know, you know, some people were calling Song Dong's performance, you know, kind of safe in some regard. Uh, but you, I, you seem to like it, Casey. You seem to like it. I have the, I think Chris Gutierrez's performance was the safe performance. That was the one that yeah. was playing it safe. I, and I, I often think of this. <clears throat> I often say this in these kind of these type of uh, victories. We've seen this a lot. I feel like um, was it Rackage over Anthony Smith in the sense uh, these five round dominant decisions. Pretty much after seven minutes, we knew it was going to happen. But it's to me, it is up to the guy that's losing to do something. And Gutierrez was just content, just losing every round, basically in guard. And um, to me, that's him playing it safe and him losing safely. I get it. You don't want to get knocked out, but that's the game you play. You know, you go in there, kill, kill or be killed, you know, and um, he was content losing a decision, which is fine. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's how I see it. Yeah, it was a boring yeah. fight. By far it was boring, but I think it was a great performance by Song, but in a boring fight. Does that make sense? How much – oh, yeah, that okay. makes sense. How much does all this matter – you know, in, in, in the scope of things. Cause to me, like, yeah, the, it's on the, it's on the guy who's losing to, to press. Right. Because he's the one with no answers. He needs to figure something out. Right. Song Dong's doing stuff that's working and he just needs to keep doing it. Yeah. But in, if you're looking back at these performances and going Davis and Figueredo against Rob Font or Song Dong versus Chris Gutierrez, all of a sudden, if you're the UFC, uh, what I'm saying, all of a sudden it might be an easier call to say, Hey, Figgy's the one we want to fight Jan. There are some style points that are required. Sometimes it's not enough to just go out and do your job. Sometimes you do have to push it a little bit more. Sometimes you yeah. have to press the action, even if you're putting yourself in a dangerous position. I'll, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Um, but, but in, in the day, the UFC doesn't give out entertainment checks in a sense they give out a win bonus a show bonus and a win bonus you have to yeah. win you have to win you have to win and you and have I, to win we talked about this on the pre-show you know winning solves everything you know and he won and i think that's 90 percent of the job yes if he want to i don't know let him stand up or i don't know I, i'm not sure what song would should have done honestly i watched it but i'm like well i mean he's i'm watching if i'm like what's he supposed to do he's just dominating from top and 
Gutierrez has lots of he can roll to the side, he can do things that's gonna put him in a bad position or take a chance or him take a chance and put himself in a worse position. But um, for Song, I, I just don't know what he is supposed to do on top. I mean, if the guy's yeah. gonna let you take him down and let you sit in your guard and just elbow you, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, I don't know if a song what a song's supposed to do. And it's not yet. Yeah, <clears throat> it is not entertaining to watch. A hundred percent. I completely agree. Yeah. And if it if timing wise, yeah, with Figgy, with a I guess a more entertaining um, performance, yeah, that in the short term, in the very short term, like their next fight, that might hurt him. But I think in the career career aspect of it, it'll be forgotten. It'll be forgotten in a week because apparently there's a really big card next week. And <laughs> in about, I don't know, three or four hours, we're never going to remember this card. <laughs> three or four hours, three or four minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm being very positive, guys. Come on. Yeah. So, uh, no, I, by the way, I, I agree with you completely. Like I, th- this wasn't this wasn't just an Almeida to me. Like this was fine. Like this was a, a fine performance doing what he needed to do and wasn't like he was just sitting there. Like, was doing what he needed to do, was landing shots, and blanked him. And Gutierrez fought safe, to your point. Like, he was he was fighting not to lose, and he lost. And honestly, this was never – this isn't a main event fight. This is a strong yeah. co-main event fight. And if this was a if – if this was a co-main event, three rounds, we have a different conversation. But, the, but all the expectations are on the main event. We had an extra 15 minutes of oh, – okay. So – yeah, and it's very late. So, and we have next week. So, yeah. <laughs> Maybe somebody will ask this. Should they have shifted Roundtree and Smith to the main event now that this event wasn't in China? What was the point of Song Yudong and Gutierrez being the main there event? Were more, there were more stakes in the co main event for sure. Yeah. Um, so, I. And would... Anthony Smith is the biggest name out of everybody there, right? Like, he's yeah. headlined these shows before. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I and, I mean, and just but also just think how how different this fight feels if this is if this is in a arena or stadium I don't know in Shanghai there's twelve thousand people there cheering Song on. There's a completely yep. different even as boring as it was. There's a completely different feel. And Song yep. grabs the mic. He goes, "Give me Peter Yan." You know, but, you know, it's, it's the, we have, he's the hero. Talking, we're, we're, yeah, yeah, we're talking about this completely different, and I totally get. Uh, Song's frustration because when he signed the dotted line to to fight Gutierrez, he's like, "All right, well, I'm fighting a guy who's eight spots behind me, but it is the main event in my home country. Hell yeah, yeah let's do this." Er, wait a minute, we're going to we're, <laughs> you're going to fight in front of fifteen thousand people of your own fans. Now he now he's fifteen people and one jackass who is yelling at your opponent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here we these are. are. These are great points. Yeah. yeah. And plus, like, once you give them the main event, you can't be like, oh, yeah, we're moving to the Apex. Now you're not the main event anymore. <laughs> like, no, they yeah. can. They definitely yeah. can I mean, and they, should have. They could. They yeah. could. I mean, I mean right. if, as long as Song pays the same, I'm sure he wouldn't have cared. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the thing because Song and I mean, Gutierrez probably made more <laughs> money tonight than he's made in any other fight, even in a loss. Because you get you get that extra main event bump. So yeah. I'm sure that meant something to him to take that. And I'm sure Anthony Smith's pay was probably bigger than it's probably the bigger than both of them combined even with song getting the win bonus considering he's fought for a belt he's been around for so long you also have the out that 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 fight wasn't originally on this card right khalil roundtree was supposed to fight the week before and now you're adding it so just make it the main event 
Uh, ultimately, Man. I mean, you know my position on card placement, <laughs> right? You know that I don't give uh, two Fs about card placement, but it did feel like it kind of crescendoed there, and then it kind of was a letdown, and, and you could time that a little bit better. But at the end of the day, we're going to move on quickly, as Casey said. Yes. Yep. All right, what are the peeps saying about All this? Right. <laughs> about this wonderful event the go home show for <laughs> ufc 296 um trying to, i'm trying to find positive comments <laughs> I'm <trying> to, <laughs> uh, i think peter yawn had a positive comment right it was something like <laughs> oh my god peter yawn peter yawn oh, very good very look you, good look at you mr heck wow. I, I mean i to be fair i aaron bronsetter said P- oh, peter okay. yawned i stole his <laughs> shit i stole his thunder Shout I mean, out aaron honestly the, mo- the most the most uh, the, the memory I'm going to have this is, is Paul Felder trying to explain to the translator what yawn emoji is. Yeah. <laughs> that was just, it's just like the, that awkward. tweet being on the screen for two straight <laughs> minutes was so I was laughing. Like it just <laughs> stayed there. The whole time. It was so funny. I'm trying to live blog. I'm like, the tweet is still on the screen right now. It's too funny. Uh, and shout out, if we're going to be positive before we get to the fan questions, uh, broadcast team knocked out of the oh. park tonight. Great. Great trio right there. John Gooden, who I don't think gets used enough. Uh, there you go. Sanko wow. Felder Gooden. Yeah. I, I had this ready. Sanko, I, actually, I wanted, I wanted to talk great. about this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they, this, were, they were awesome. They were awesome. Is, is this a hot take? But, like, I feel like Gooden is the best play-by-play guy, and I feel like Ooh, Felder is, like, the best analyst. Yeah. Ooh. I love I love Gooden. I, I, yeah, he's really good. He, I, I, really I, 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 I still the give the crown to Anik, but Gooden is – quality he is quality so i'll give you that so yeah this um, is a super solid team yeah i i like i like this team um uh yeah um i think i think senko and felder work great together um and honestly they did a great job on trying their best to keep us inter- i guess entertained and informed in the main event because they were struggling they were like uh, you know <laughs> but uh, they did a really good job so uh yeah props to senko felder and good great job UFC commentary yep. team. Heidi, Heidi Andral, she did a great yeah. job as well. Yeah, it was just a super solid broadcast. I think they, they, they crushed it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, as we need to consider, <laughs> it's funny you should say it. As we need to consider for the middleweight, he is middleweight now. Uh, that was brought up in our, in our private Slack channel. I think he's been. So, I think I'll say Jed because Jed would probably, probably tweeted this 15 times, anyways. Uh, Jed threw this out there. And you can make a strong case that he was a middleweighty middleweight since the Uriah Hall win. Because that fight was not uh, – that was a very middleweighty performance from Andre Muniz. And then, you know, he fights Brandon Allen, who was the middleweighty middleweight champion at the time. Paul, <laughs> but Paul Craig is a really middleweighty – I don't know. It's a weird one. He's, he's, he's under consideration. I will say that. He's under consideration. <laughs> I, I think Muniz, Muniz had a good run. And now he's kind of reality has sunk back in for us, maybe. And I, you know, it, and it's fun to be. I mean, I know Jose tries to make fun of us for be, get, you know, being hyped on fighters, but that's what we do. We go like, hey, man, like Muniz might be this kind of dark horse middleweight we weren't seeing, and we kind of go, oh, you know, we get excited, and it kind of turns out, you know, not not every I don't know prediction comes true, and now I think Muniz is just kind of the top twenty ish guy, you know, limited. So yes, I, I think the answer is yes. Actually, no, he's in. 
not to oversimplify things, but like this is why we have the fights, right? We need to find these things out. Yeah. Like it's okay to be excited about like, hey, this guy's potential is X, Y, Z. And then we find out and then we do the experiment and then they actually get in the cage and then they show us who they really are. And Andre Muniz is not the guy that we thought he was. That's okay. He's somewhere underneath that, but still a top whatever in the world, which yeah, is great. He's a quality UFC caliber middleweight. And I think yeah. that's just kind of back to where he is. Yep. And he's going to have, he's going to have a very important role in this ever evolving division because he's going to be fighting the Jun Young Parks of the world for a while now. Like guys who, like, are you a top 15 middleweight? Well, fight Andre Muniz and you'll find out. Like, he's going to be a Neil Magny type of middleweight. And that's not a bad place to be. You could have a very long career uh, being in that spot. And I kind of feel like that's where Andre Muniz probably is right now. So good win for him. Right. And there you go. Yeah, he's definitely in the mix. Um Let's talk about, I guess, the one fight we will remember from this card. Um, uh, do you guys think if Cleo got another finish against yeah. one more top 10 opponent in his next fight, he could really get Poetan? Yeah, for sure. I wanted that Merzikana fight so bad. I loved that matchmaking. That was my pick. I, I, I Like, after Cleo's last win, I, be, I was like, yeah, give him an Apex main event. Give him freaking Merzikana. Five rounds. Like, that fight ain't going five. There's no freaking chance. Uh, I love that fight, but now, you know, Khalil beating Anthony Smith, it's, he's, you know, he's kind of in the dust right now, Mirzakhanov, um, until he gets back in there. So, yeah, one more win. Like, if he fights, like, the ankle eye of Johnny Walker loser and, like, finishes them, he's right there. He's right when, there, for sure. When is Rakic supposed to fight? When was that? He was supposed to fight at 297 against Jan Blachowicz. But so now it looks that, like that's Yuri January. That's fight. the January card. What is what is that's the January card? Mid mid January, early January twentieth. I think. You think he would take a fight with Roundtree? I don't know. He's got Yuri barking at him right now, and Yuri wants yeah, it. So I think if I'm him, I'm I'm taking Yuri over Roundtree for right sure. Now. Yeah, I I, I would too. The timeline though, like maybe he doesn't want to fight. I think didn't uh, didn't Yuri say he wants what? What did he say? March or or he wanted to push it back a little bit further. Yeah, he said February or March, and Rackage is like, yeah, let's do February. And then Yuri's like, nah, let's go to Miami in March. Let's do that. Yeah, see, and now, now all of a sudden, kind of back and forth. The, door, hey. the door is cracking open for Khalil Roundtree oh. to, get somebody, mm -hmm. to get somebody in the in the top of the rankings. And then all of a sudden, we're at a title shot. Yeah, I think I think he's one away at most. Like, I definitely at don't most. think it's even going to take two. I think, I think he gets one other top contender, and he's in there. Oh, get him out of the apex. Get him out of the apex. Yeah, put him on a pay-per-view. Put him on a pay-per-view. Yeah, put him on a pay-per-view, and let's see what this guy can do in front of a crowd and on a stacked card. Let's see what he can do. If people don't know him, that's how you introduce him to people. Put him on a big card. Yeah. Like it's a, a, a known commodity. Yeah, I mean, obviously he brings the violence and everything, which, you know, fans love, we love, you know, just... But um, I like also because he's, he's different, too. His personality, his persona is different. You know, he doesn't need to talk trash, but he he but he still talks directly to you. He doesn't you know whatever the matchmakers may. He still tells you what he wants, but he doesn't have to get this persona that we kind of expect a lot of fighters to do sometimes. There's something authentic about Cleo Roundtree, unique, and um, I hope I hope 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 the UFC can get gets behind that and not just try to force some kind of trash talk when um, when these are just two really high level 
talking about Pereira and Roundtree, two high-level kickboxers who got really good at MMA. And I hope that match. Maybe if Pereira, like, one of one of Pereira starts barking a bit and start going, no, I want Roundtree. Do you think that could rush it, too? Even possibly next? Is that too much? I mean... I think I think it goes back to what I said about it can't headline a pay per view. So it it at right now it can't headline a pay per view. So it becomes difficult, right? Even if Pereira wants it, because how the UFC has how the UFC has booked Roundtree basically in the apex, he just yeah, not yeah. Really anything Roundtree. He small, needs but. he needs more exposure. This is where the rocket gets strapped to him, right? I don't think before this they were ready to. This is where the rocket gets strapped to him. Now you now you start telling the complex stories. Like if people don't know about Khalil Roundtree, like he's a very fascinating dude, has a very yes. fascinating story. Go watch the interview with Ariel Hawani on the MMA hour where he kind of like pours his soul out. Um he has a very complex story. Doesn't require trash talk. There's there's a lot of reasons to kind of root for Khalil Roundtree. And now is where I think the UFC starts to maybe invest those resources and say like, yeah, maybe this guy really can be the guy. And if he beats a Rakic, if he beats an Ankalaev, if he beats even a Johnny Walker, we can tell this story. We can start to invest time in him. We can start to invest resources and marketing and things like that and get him there. And then you've got the highlight reel for the fans that don't want to follow along with that. You, if the if the people want to hear his story and get that slow drip, you do that. If they don't, just feed him sixty seconds of him absolutely destroying guys. Um, and I think I think he can be very sellable, but I do think he needs a pay per view. If if it's if it's not you know a co main where he actually is fighting for the title, you give him a top 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 contender and then one more, and he's fighting for the title. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't, sucks it doesn't hurt it that he's super fun. It does not hurt that he's yeah. super fun to watch. It kind of sucks because stylistically wise, and I think their skill sets, like they're perfectly matched up right now. Yep. But like you Agreed. said, Eric, now it's more about the marketing and putting it on that, that pay-per-view in front of, you know, 20,000 people. That's what's missing from Roundtree right now. Nothing he's not, – the skill set's not missing. Now it's just the marketing machine. So, Rackage uh, versus Roundtree, January. Let's do it. I like it. I, I would, hey, hashtag would watch. I don't know if we'll get that, but <laughs> hey, look, maybe. Who, you know, though, everybody, that, that, that might be a quick way to derail the train because uh, Rakic is not one who's opposed to taking him down and just uh, keeping him there for a bit. So that, that might be a quick way to find out where his grappling's at, and, and I'm not sure he's ready for that step. But if you want to fight it, See, I was gonna say if you want to fight it's, Alex Pereira, you need to be, but we know that's that, that's what I mean. That's, that's what I mean. I was trying yeah. to say it's so weird because like skill set wise, he could definitely be Pereira. I'm gonna say he will be yeah. Pereira, but it'll be one of those weird like he could be the best two or five in the world, but we're gonna pick him to lose against the next three guys, you know, type of things. Yeah. Just that's that's uh, that is the light light heavyweight division right now, though. Ankalaev and Rakic are gonna be tough for him, um, in my opinion. Alex Pereira would be a lot of fun. But yeah, you're you're either the guy or you're not. And I think he's prepared to find out. And I think it will be fun to see as he does. Or we just mix it all up and just throw the playbook out the window. And we do Ankalaya versus Rakic. And then we do Johnny Walker versus Cleo Roundtree. That'd be fun. And then, then there we go. We eliminate Rakic and or Ankalaya from the mix. And then we get mm. the two crazy dudes in there fighting each other. And then we go from there. I, I'm not opposed to that either. But where does Iwan Kutalaba fit into this? That's what I don't know. <laughs> uh, we should really start a podcast about 
matchmaking. I don't know, just saying. We should. <laughs> we should. I'll see what AK is doing tomorrow. Well, yeah, we'll call it. Who will this guy fight next? I've got to make it shorter. I don't know. We'll, 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 <laughs> hit me up in Slack. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, uh, I'll tell you what. Oh, there's probably uh, there's probably one man who is unhappy about how things oh. have played out, and his name is Dustin Jacoby, who is getting ready to fight Alonzo Menafield next week. Dustin Jacoby tweeting up a storm today because, uh, t- truth be told, I thought Dustin Jacoby beat Khalil Roundtree. Uh, really? at that national card i did i thought jacoby won that fight uh jacoby rewatched it on twitter today just because he's like all right i just kind of just want to rewatch it and see he felt like he won all three rounds i don't know if i would go refresh, that far refresh my memory on that fight because i remember dustin getting knocked around a little bit in the first two rounds and then khalil completely fell off a cliff and faded and dustin came on did did khalil not win the first two rounds I thought he Cleo won the first round. I thought Jacoby won the second. I thought he stole some momentum away, and then he Jacoby definitely won the third. But Jacoby yeah, thinks Khalil, he won all three rounds. I don't think he won the first. I'm looking. I'm looking at MMA decisions right now, and I think about the 15 journalists, and it looks like 13 of them did have Jacoby winning that fight. I don't personally. Oh wow! Remember, okay. I don't really have. A, wow. I don't really have a strong memory of that fight to be honest, but. Um, yeah, a lot of um, a lot of journalists uh, had it for Jacoby that fight. So remember when wrestling used to be the best base for MMA, but now it feels like everybody's a kickboxer. It's kind of weird yep. how that That's happened. It's crazy. It's crazy. I remember watching that fight. I watched that fight uh, in Dallas. Uh, it was the Jake the, the day of Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. I think I was watching on like Andreas's phone or something as that fight was happening, and I, I thought Jacoby won that fight. But hmm. oh well, they can run it back down the road. It'll be fun. Yeah. Khalil Roundtree By the way, the, the Khalil Roundtree gas tank looked pretty good. Seemed to conserve yeah, energy uh, nicely uh, in this one and, and had the finishing power in the third. So uh, maybe some improvements uh, being made. Yeah, he was he was a little bit. You could tell he. It's not that he took his foot off the gas in the second round, but he had Anthony figured out. He just let Anthony come to him and was just countering him. That counter left hand was absolute money. All day long in that second yeah. round, and he stung it, Anthony. It's a rough style for Anthony. He has to come to him, right? Because he really doesn't have another way to win that fight. He has to jab him, and he has to outpoint him, and he has to, you know, do what he's going to do. And then Khalil's just waiting on that power shot. And tough fight, tough fight on yeah. short notice. Um, but I don't think like let's not get it like pump the brakes on the like anthony smith needs to do xyz thing like he just beat ryan span like after getting like mauled in the in the opening round there came back one like we, we've got some time here like we're, we're not we're not calling for anthony smith's head here like chill Dude, out it was it was a competitive first 10 minutes competitive short notice tough stylistic matchup like chill chill out I am surprised he didn't go for any takedowns in the first round. I was going to ask, was did, did he actually – He did in the did, second, did he, ever right? get his, did he ever get his hands on him? The second he tried. He did? Okay, I was trying to – There was, I, no, there was just like – they just got in close and like tied up and then they ended up against the fence and then Roundtree almost beheaded him with the elbow that Anthony avoided on the break mm-hmm. and that was it. That was like the only like clinch or in like any sort of a, a grappling exchange in any way in the first round. It was just like a – well, we're close together. Let's just tie up and we'll battle against the fence. And Roundtree just pushed Anthony's back against the fence. And Anthony was probably expecting an elbow to come his way. And it came and he 
avoided it and they just kept fighting but i was surprised not one takedown attempt in that first yeah, round it, it, i know it's very easy to say just shooting for takedowns because yeah people, I know it's very easy to say because people don't understand when those knees are coming at you like oh my god but we also knew anthony smith's only path to victory there had to be at least a strong takedown threat so i don't i mean this is this is something for anthony anthony smith to answer you know once he gets healed up but uh the, the same know. people who are like oh just shoot for a takedown are the also the ones where when you're working chain wrestling and on the fence and grabbing a single and switching to doubles and doing all this stuff are going to be like boring get out of here yeah. i don't want to see it so like there's a there's no winning there's no winning yeah. when it comes <laughs> to true. that yeah um, that's very but uh, yeah, I mean, just take him down is the is the refrain that's been said about like Alex Pereira for this long and Israel Adesanya before him. Like there is no just take. Yeah, down. yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know why people think you got killers trying to like take your head off with like deadly, deadly weapons. Like it's not that easy. Yeah, absolutely yeah. not. Are we good? Do you have anything else? <laughs> Guys, let me. Uh, you all know how stacked UFC 296 is. Everybody watching this does. Do you know what the first fight of the night is? The no first idea. fight of UFC 296 is Randy Brown versus Muslim Salikov. God, that's, well, that's the sick. That's the, that's the curtain jerker. That's that sick. just shows that's you. That's incredible. That just shows you how stacked this freaking card is. I cannot wait. It is going to be a lot of fun. Boots on the ground. Lots going on. Vegas will be a, a buzzing all week long. There's the awards. There's karate combat with Benson Henderson versus Anthony Pettis. There's all sorts of stuff. Jake Paul's boxing this week. Uh, wow. So look, we got a little bit of everything. Yes. Uh, one Jake DePaul will be boxing this week. Uh, <laughs> I will actually be there for that. Uh, and I think Whoa. Ariel's going to be there too. So look at this. A little uh, a mini Dallas reunion, but missing New York Rick and the whole crew. But uh, it's going to be a busy week, friends. We're going to have a lot of fun leading into UFC 96, which is absolutely stacked. So get ready, get some sleep, get some rest. For Casey, for New York Rick, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for watching. Good night, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.